We are full of sick references today. Our references are tight. <laughs> Matt Hamilton, Jermelich uh, with you. Uh, we are referencing movies because we're guys. 844-770-3776. This started somehow because I referenced a quote from... A, and I didn't even say it on purpose, I don't think. I used the words, words and music. Mike and Madison knew that I was a reference to the movie Eddie and the Cruisers. And then we just started taking... Uh, calls and text 844-770-3776 on basically quotes from movies or TV shows that you use in your everyday life. Alex Strofe shared that when he started um, dating his girlfriend. High he, five! He's only... <laughs> did you only speak in Borat quotes? or Very nice! God, I mean, honestly. My wife! Oh my... I can't handle it. Yeah, and we got Matt Hamilton over here as well. And you can chime in uh, with your favorite movie quote, and if there's any uh, significant others out there. Sunday, greatest country in the world. Any significant others out there that want to chime in and tell us how annoying we are for only speaking movie quotes, you can do that as well. 844-770-3776. That part is inspired by an article in GQ magazine. Tim Robinson broke my boyfriend's brain. (laughs) A writer learns the hard way that I think you should leave seems to be seems to have a degenerative effect on the language of men who grew up learning to communicate and connecting through Superbad and Anchorman soundbites, which is dead on, because if you think that we say movie quotes around you, the significant others are listening, it's worse amongst, we're just hanging out. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is. (laughs) I like the Anchorman one. People know me. I'm kind of a big deal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love Lamp. I love lamp. I are you just looking at objects and saying you love them? I literally, I'm just so blown away by this. I've, I've like, I know I quote movies, but it's pretty funny when you see an article on it, and it's pretty much the you know two of the, like my five staples. Correct. Oh man. I could not be more here's, predictable. Here's how it starts. If my life was reduced to a sketch comedy uh, uh, on a cringy comedy show, it would go something like this. Girl meets boy. Girls enter. Girl enters decade-long relationship with boy. Boy starts quoting Tim Robinson's Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. At first, girl gives it a chuckle, but her polite laughter slips into silence. Boy, in a move familiar to viewers of I Think You Should Leave, doubles down on this behavior, incessantly referencing the show and adopting Robinson's garbled sentences as his own, despite the blank stares that result from what he's saying to me. So, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> we are special. We are we are great. Like, uh, we are just the, the top-notch uh, gender, right? I mean, goodness. I, I definitely feel bad for Jen now. More you, than I did. I'll say now? More than I did. Because I perpetually feel bad for my wife. <laughs> Everyone is so mean to me. <laughs> yeah. Daryl and Deerfield chimes in that says, someone needs to explain to Alex that a four-game series doesn't have a rubber match. <laughs> Which you should know that. It's a fair point. <laughs> it's a great point. <laughs> Do you know what a rubber match is? Yeah, I definitely know what a rubber match is. It's the last game of a best of three when the yeah, series yeah. is split one to one. What's a getaway game? Maybe when you're up by one and you can take a two game lead. I don't know. Nope. Pulling away from them. I don't know. Getaway game is that the last game of a four game series? It's, it doesn't have to be a four game series, but it's more like that after, like uh, maybe three or four game series, but it's like an afternoon game and you're flying out right away. Ah. And like in baseball, it happens where you basically play all your bums. 
where like you know you played your starters a bunch and now you're just like hey I'm gonna give them a rest get away game we'll play all you losers and <laughs> I don't care what happens because all the stars like are in the back of the clubhouse just sleeping I and must say out. I shouldn't be allowed to talk about baseball <laughs> but if on that note tune into uh, our sister station 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee this Saturday noon to two State of the Brewers oh, God. with you with me. <laughs> You give us a preview here, since we talk so much Brewers. What's the state of the Brewers? Yeah, what is the state of the Brewers? Well, can I tell you? Because it's the, it's just a perpetual cycle. Yeah, first in the division I mean, still. Well, well, here's what's going to happen. It's been back and forth. They'll, all week. like, but this is a, this is a horrendous. Basically, this NL Central for baseball is basically what the NFC North is going to be for football. It's just going to be four mid-level teams slash maybe bad teams battling it out to get smoked in the playoffs, and that's basically what's happening in the NL Central. But the Brewers have some nice young players. And they'll get really good. But then as those young players get good, you'll lose players like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, so then you start over. Mm-hmm. And it just it's always like, oh, oh. It's like Lucy and the football and peanuts. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're right about that. Oh, we're going to pull the ball out because we're cheap. Yeah. And so like that's the state of the Brewers. It's perpetual, and at least it's interesting. So are we starting like that little uptick now? It's been back and forth. Like Cincinnati's been so good since they added this, this great new prospect named Ellie De La Rose. Didn't you hit like a... Cycle or very early in this because that would be very high on the list as well of like yeah, hitting I heard for the somebody cycle. Somebody did it in seventeen games. It was like the third quickest player in MLB history to hit the cycle it was a week ago. We know baseball that much. That much I know. Hey, at least you and I knew there was a perfect game last night. We got that true for us. Hey, I knew that the Mets GM or uh, manager got pulled. Which one? <laughs> manager. It would have been really a story for yeah. the GM. I mean, that would have been, been like a story. I meant manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, manager is judgmental. In Jim, general manager is in GM. I, I just I, was, I misspoke. I'm sorry. But wait, you know what? I mean, a GM is. Not- yeah, no, I know. I just misspoke. So I said I'm sorry because I knew it's basically because the word manager was in it, and I got fooled by myself. In, in baseball, you know that I won't use this word, but the most annoying thing that baseball people do is like, it's a manager in baseball, it's not a coach. All right, just shut up. Like, fine, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Semantics. It is also weird that they wear uniforms. It is a little weird. You don't need to put your like seventy-year-old coach in baseball pants. Like, is, that could easily just end. They're never playing. That's not an option for them to play. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, to be fair, you know, a couple years ago when Craig Council took the job and the Brewers were bad, I wouldn't have mind if Craig took the field. Right, but like, you know what I mean. But like. There's guys like that you wouldn't want doing it now. There's guys that you just don't want to see wearing baseball pants. Connie Mack was 87 years old when he managed his last game for the um, almost 88 years old for the Philadelphia Athletics. Dusty Baker, 73. Yeah. Do they not feel absolutely ridiculous putting on these uniforms? <laughs> like, 73 year old Dusty Baker's like, time to make the donuts. Let me put on these cleats. And my stirrups and my baseball pants, maybe a jock strap and then a jersey and everything <laughs> and a ball cap and time for grandpa to go to work again yeah. and make the donuts. I mean, it is patently ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they're probably wearing those like dope satin jackets. What sport what sport <laughs> would be the most ridiculous for the coach to dress up as their team? Eight four four seven seven zero right eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six gymnastics swimming like if you're a swim coach you got to stand there in a speedo and yeah. be like hey good job Michael <laughs> good work 
I'm not going to swim, but everyone's got to see me here in my Speedo. 844-770-3776. What's the most ridiculous sport that the manager would have to, or coach would have to wear? I mean, football, I mean, if you're standing there in a helmet and everything. uh, Yeah, that would be kind of ridiculous. A little extra. I still am bothered that coaches don't have, I mean, I'm sure that they, a lot of them don't want to, but I liked when, you know, suits were a thing. You'd see the coaches on the sideline, like the Vince Lombardi wearing like, like a trench coat over the top of a suit. See, I like the fedora. See, I like the suit more for the NBA. Well, definitely for the NBA. For football, you're in the elements. Like I'm fine with. I mean, Belichick is Here's the, the extreme. If somebody wants to, I, I just like. There was a coach that did it for the 49ers. His name's gonna Greg Nolan, I believe. Is no, I mean not. What was it? It was a coach for the 49ers. I think Nolan was his last name. I'm just the first name is escaping me. But he did. His dad was an NFL coach. And he did wear suits on the sidelines, I think, in the 2000s. Okay, because that, yeah, it's, I'm just, it was classy. That's classy. I, I thought Alex was going to look that up. I pulled the computer out and everything. But we'll figure out 844-770-3776. I thought you were typing. Who was the coach for the 49ers that wore a suit? I think the last name was Is Nolan. It Bill Walsh? No, it was after Bill. It was like in the 90s or 80, or maybe even 2000s. You know who now is Daryl and Deerfield. There's a 49ers fan. Well, Daryl and Deerfield. Daryl! <laughs> Dick Nolan. Dick Nolan. There you go. Thank you, Daryl. It's already in there. Told Our. you. <laughs> Jeff and Janesville chimes in. Great guard in a uniform and a compression sleeve would be great. It would be. <laughs> he still wears suits. With, like, the gym shorts but still has the compression, <laughs> sh- like, pants on that go down to, like, halfway down your calf. Al, do you have any suggestions for the sport you look most ridiculous in if you're wearing the clothes of the team that's playing? Because baseball's the only one, right? Basketball would be amazing. It would be. What about hockey? <laughs> coaches on the sideline just oh yeah full in yeah right <laughs> well you can go two different ways or the swim coach would be weird like no, swimming be- would be awesome <laughs> yeah that's a great call right there oh man and I also think they should implement a rule maybe not in football but like in baseball or especially like swimming weird sports like that Olympic sports where if you're an athlete can't go the coach has to step in so like I want Craig Council in left field. Well, you're going to have to worry about the eight. You can't throw Dusty Baker out there. And six away chimes in. I thought this was right. Dick Nolan did not sound right. Mike Nolan. Maybe Dick Nolan was his dad. But Mike Nolan is the guy for the 49ers. That was more of a modern. Okay. Could have been 2000s even. But anyways, that would get someone killed. I don't care what sport (laughs) he is. I don't want, I mean, Council's in his mid-50s. Oh, Ben and Madison chimes in with bodybuilding. Would be a a weird one for. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be a weird one. Yeah. Uh, Gymnastics. Yeah, gymnastics definitely weird. I was um, <laughs> curling. Actually, the coach does wear exactly the same thing as the curler. But like, but pe- you're wearing it's like, like regular clothes and, yeah, a, yeah. and a shirt. Yeah. I mean, a caddy is your coach. They're kind of wearing the same thing, right? I mean, there's a swing uh, coach too, but like they are also yeah. Caddies, they. I mean, not always is fair. They get to not kitty strofe. Caddies. That was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Good catch, though. I should have said to them. Um. Yeah, caddies can wear shorts. I yeah, think. so again, like they kind of until they're at Augusta and they have to wear those jumpers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, goodness. yeah. So um, I just think it's just one of those things. Every once in a while, you look at ba- like I don't watch as many games as I used to, and now you're like, really? Yeah. Got, like, Dusty Baker, seventy three years old, is just strapping into a uniform every day. I mean, you have to feel real. Could you, if you had to wear some like radio outfit every day, you'd feel a bit ridiculous. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't even like. It's what you're wearing. You are the radio dress guy. Some uh, sort of branded, a cor- a real zip and shorts. Branded, like, yeah. As a, as, branded clothing and shorts. Yeah, once you're a guy in your 
sixties or seventies and you're throwing out a baseball uniform for coaching, like that's I it's tradition at that point, right? You're just doing it just to carry on the tradition of the game. Like obviously there's no point to you wearing the same stuff. Right. I mean, I, I guess I don't even like the pants makes the cleats don't make it. The cleats are the extra. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, when did this start? Like when they started baseball, they're like, managers got to wear the same stuff. Was it because they might be able to come in and play? <laughs> That's a great question. Like we only have nine guys and if someone gets hurt, like we need a catcher. But again, Connie Mack, oldest one. He was coaching back in those days. It was, uh, God knows when Connie, I mean, Coached at least in the fifties, uh, but like he coached eighty-seven years old. Like Connie Matt would just die on the field if you asked him to play. Yeah, if, a royal th- dump. if he got hit with a ball, it would just go through him. A royal dump. Like if Randy Johnson was throwing a ball and it hit Connie Mack at eighty-seven years old, it would just impale him. It yeah. would just go right through him. Ugh. I just did just. <laughs> I'm still trying to like get the. But I do love the idea of great. Of I do love the idea of great guard though, like in in Jordan arm sleeve with an arm sleeve and basketball shorts, <laughs> and then the jersey. Uh it would be something. <laughs> and it's not just great guard. All of all yeah, of them. all of the coaches. Yes, like Bo Ryan back in the day. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Coach K, <laughs> like. Oh. Man. Oh man, Brett Bielema on the sideline of the <laughs> and a, and a football, <laughs> right? Full. I was It'd like, be like the eighty style where you just have your like the business yeah. showing off, yeah. But like he doesn't have a if choice. If he wasn't holding the clipboard, you'd say honestly, he's a lineman. Though, Matt Lafleur or Luke Fickle, either of them in shoulder pads and a jersey would actually fire me up. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Fickle, yes. Matt Lafleur, I'd be like. You're going to get dirty, Matt. What are you doing? <laughs> right. It, it, I'm going to make a, You're going to mess up your hair with that helmet on, Matt. You ever seen Little Giants? Like, that's what Matt LaFleur would look like, though. Like, if he's, like, dressed like he's just a tiny little guy who doesn't look at all like someone who played oh. football in, uh, like, there's right. about little kids who are really bad yeah, at football yeah, playing yeah, no, football. I, I yeah. remember, I'm trying to figure that. That little nerd with yeah, the, the glasses. Yeah, the glasses. He wraps himself up in the foam and everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> That, I mean, nothing against you. Don't need to look like you play football to play football. But to, Matt LaFleur, to coach football, you have to like, coach let's it, but be like, real. The Dolphins head coach. Yes, he would look like the kid from yeah analytics, right? <laughs> you look at him, and you're like, you're that's like, an analytics You want to see guy. Mike McCarthy in a helmet on the sideline in full on football gear? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a tough look. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Good night, if you never wake up. Bielema is more compression sock sort of guy. He's got to be a diabetic by now. That's Jeff in Janesville. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this. He was the worst. He was the worst. And also, I really, I kind of want Wisconsin. We can get into this more football season here, but I want the Badgers to beat Illinois more than I want them to beat Minnesota. Yeah. Just because yeah. Brett. Yeah, Brett Bielema is unsufferable. I'm sure Brett's uh, belly was shaking like a bowl full of jelly uh, or jello when he won the uh, game against Paul Chris, and then Paul Chris gets fired. And I just want the, I just want it shoved down his like face every time the Badgers beat them. Of like, you lost, 
You're a loser, and you're <laughs> never winning here again. Like, I want that so bad. As a Badger fan, I want the Badgers to beat the snot out of Illinois every time they play them more than Minnesota. Then P.J. Fleck is the worst, but Bielema ate P.J. Fleck, and that makes it worse. Yeah. I... Man, I always thought Minnesota was like the one I always wanted to win, but you bring up a very good point. We could we could do that one a different day. Maybe we even ask that tomorrow when we're filling in on William Tausch. Uh, we can ask who do you want to beat more as a Badger fan, Minnesota or Wisconsin? Why would we ask that? Because there's nothing going on in sports. Alex, what's your answer? <laughs> um, you said Minnesota or Wisconsin? Minnesota, uh, or who? Illinois, Illinois. Sorry, Illinois. Minnesota. Really? Even with Bielema being the head coach of Illinois, and, and Bielema beating and with them, beating them here last year, obviously, and that was Paul's last game. Yep, and Paul and Bielema's best time as a head coach was when Paul was his OC. Yep, because Bielema's not a good coach; he's just a good recruiter. And like <laughs> when he lost his good coaches, his team fell apart. Yeah, it's still you've lost twice in a row to Minnesota. That's more important to me. Yeah, yeah I think Illinois is higher. Well, I like that there's a trophy on the line. Yeah, the trophy is there. Uh, look, I'm not saying. Look, I cannot. Why stand. doesn't Illinois and Wisconsin have a trophy? Because Illinois has always stunk. So is Minnesota. Yeah, so. The Badgers beat them like 18 years in a row. That's true. Uh, I think it's just they don't make trophies anymore, really, and so it just wasn't a thing yeah. back in the day. I mean, that's really well, probably Wisconsin the answer. Wisconsin and Nebraska have one, but come 2024, they won't even be playing for it every year now. Well, then again, because they, they just came together, so like, oh, let's create a trophy. Because right. wasn't there like a like, – I think the Cubs and the White Sox have some trophy that nobody really cares about when they play each other. Like, they have like, oh, like – I never knew that. Yeah, but because like nobody cares. Like, yeah. That's – Kind of cool though. I it is, but it's that. too late. Like just trying to like make, you can't make fetch happen. You know, you can't just make it happen. As I make another. Movie well, I think it's kind of dope. Do you know what that's from? Well, I think it's kind of dope. Like you can't make fetch happen. I think that's what it's from. Yeah, that's uh, Mean Girls. Isn't yeah, it? I yeah. love Mean Girls. Are you impressed? I got a movie reference. I am. That's a great movie, right? It is a great movie. Mean Girls is amazing. Have you seen Mean Girls? I have seen Mean Girls. I oh, love Mean Girls. All right, let's throw. Uh, let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Don't, 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 this don't is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro don't, Kia of Madison, don't, don't, Madison's don't trusted Kia dealership. All right, fellas, we're actually going to do something. We're going to do stones a little bit different today. I feel like we've been doing throwing stones topics the entire show today. So we're actually going to do sports within throwing stones. And I want to do it sports, all. Sports, you say, huh? I want to do it all the Packers. Bold. Okay. Right. Thanks, Jimmy. So a new article out on ESPN.com, ESPNWisconsin.com today, ranks all 32 rosters just based on who they have on the roster in the NFL. And each team, they give their strongest unit, weakest unit, X-factor, and non-starter to know for every team. Mm-hmm. So I want to do this strictly on the Packers. But before we start with those categories, yep. I'm curious on where you guys think the Packers roster ranks of all 32 teams. I'm going to say 21st. I was going to go 22. So, Well, Jim, you'd actually be closer because it's 23. Wow. <laughs> but you were both right there. Nice job by both of you. Uh, Bears, number 22, actually. Really? Okay. I mean, I knew they'd be close. Again, these yeah, two teams are very close. They are. And their whole season is defined about how quickly some of the question marks figure themselves out. So let's start with the strongest unit. I know we did it last week a little bit when we graded each position group. But I'm curious as we, a week later, kind of revisit that. Who, who do you guys view as the strongest positional group on the roster? Jimmy, I'll start with you. I'll go with running back. Aaron Jones, I think, is a top five running back. A.J. Dillon, I think Packer fans give him a little more love than like he deserves for what he's done on paper. But as a number two back, 
I think it's fantastic. He's a great change of pace, and he could fill in for spot duty if Aaron Jones missed some time. So when you have two guys, I would still say A.J. Dillon's probably a top 20 running back in the league. So if you got a top five and a top 20, that's pretty dang good. Yeah, I'm with Jim. You got two guys that could start anywhere in the in the NFL, basically. So it's our running back group, hands down, is our best position. So Mike Clay, who wrote this section of the article on ESPN.com, actually disagrees with you guys. I imagine they were the other group in contention. Uh, he went with cornerback, obviously Jair Alexander really? leading the way. But he also makes a mention of Rasul Douglas as a solid, underrated corner. Kashawn Nixon made some noise late, late last season, and then he mentioned Eric Stokes after he returns from injury. See, I don't disagree with, like, one and two are definitely right up there. Like, Jair For Alexander sure. and Douglas, like, he perfect description. Alexander is stud, Douglas a solid starter, but I would say at best you project Stokes and Nixon to be solid in their position. But that's best case scenario. Yeah, we had a lot of positional groups that were ranked uh, poorly. In fact, you may remember Matt making some noise across ESPN last, uh, <laughs> yeah. ESPN Wisconsin last week with this take. I've never seen a Green Bay Packers team with more question marks ever. For a long time. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad. So, Matt, I ask you, which of those position groups is the worst? Oh, the worst or uh, I'm going to say. Man, tight end probably. Just cause, I mean, if question marks means bad, that's the huge question mark, I think, for the Packers. I'll go safeties. I think the Packers might have the worst safeties in football. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. I mean, honestly, it'd be hard-pressed to find a worse pair of starting safeties, let alone the backups, than the Green Bay Packers right. have right now. That's probably – yeah, you're probably right. Oh, you can make a case for wide receiver, too. On ESPNWisconsin.com, Mike Clay also writes – it's established pass catchers, so he mixes tight end with wide receiver. Now. I mean, y- your best, your most experienced guy is in his second season, and he missed six games last year? Can I ask this question? And I, I honestly, I would hear both sides of it, um, so there is no right answer. But <laughs> is You're wrong. Is Christian Watson an established pass catcher? No. No. I would say no as well. I just wanted to know where you guys fell on that. So there are none. I mean... Romeo Dobbs is not. If, Reed if, obviously if is not. Could, Musgrave, Kraft. I'm just saying if you count. DeGuara? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, if you're going to no. count Christian Watson as an experienced pass catcher, you got, almost well, would have to throw DeGuara in there. No, they probably, I, mean, I can read you what he wrote. He said second-year receivers Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and rookies Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, and Tucker Kraft, literally everybody Jim yeah. just named, are all ticketed for massive 2023 roles. Yes. And I think they're going to show flashes, but to rely on all of them to hit, is a and big hit ask. consistently. That's yes. the thing. Is like they might be right. They might all hit, but if they don't all hit in the same game, like, who knows? The only way the Packers and maybe it happens is like would have a successful season if those guys hit on like opposite games. <laughs> you know, like all right, well, Musgrave and Kraft are bad, but Watson and Dobbs had a nice game, so they were able to steal this one. And then ah, you know, okay, like, I see what you're but saying. if they all hit on one game and then yeah. the other all bad on another game, they're going to end up with a bad record. Two quick hits left. I do want to dive into this a little bit deeper tomorrow when we fill in for Wilde and Tausch nine at noon, just because I feel like all of these are interesting topics. Uh, the next one is X factor for 2023. The only rule is it can't be Jordan Love. Matt, I'll start with you. I mean. Kind of like what he said about our biggest question mark. It's those pass catchers. If if they turn out to be above average, I think, it, you know, assuming Jordan Love is average, we're going to be in an okay situation. But, I mean, obviously we know 
you exclude Jordan Love because he is the biggest reason why the Packers are going to succeed or fail. Yeah, but I think X factor typically means it's it's a positive, right? If this person's playing very well, then it, your team will have more success. That's why. All I right, about then Jordan the Love. biggest X factor for the Packers. I'm I'm sorry, I I, I thought we were saying which You're question okay. mark. Uh, I think the biggest X factor is going to be Aaron Jones. He's that guy. He's going to be the one who's going to change the game. If he's not playing well, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, yeah, but again, I would say that even if he plays amazing, there's only so much he can do. But I get your point, right? But if he's only average, aside from Jordan Love, though, is yeah, no, if he's only average, they're in real bad shape there. Uh, I will go with hmm, if we're going for a specific player, Rashawn Gary actually has to like tackle the quarterback. I know there's pressures, and I know it makes a difference for when he's in there. And I'm not saying none of that stuff matters, but they're gonna have to pay him most likely, like he's T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett or or some of the other guys who actually get massive sack numbers. And I know Rashawn Gary gets a lot of pressures, but I think he went the last three games, maybe four, without getting a sack before he got hurt. He needs to actually bring down the quarterback into double digits, well in the double digits, because he's going to get paid like he's going to. We didn't talk about Clay Matthews' pressures, and I know we all love the Vance analytics, and it matters. He's a good football player. But he's going to get paid like he's great, which means he actually has to tackle the quarterback. Right. And if he does, then that defense might be good enough to steal him some games. I think that's a great pick, uh, Jimmy. It just in uh, the other half of him, right, is when does he return? Right. Well, that's it, yes. Right? I mean, that's the other half of it with him, which I think is a great pick. I think both of those are good picks. Uh, Seth Walder on ESPN.com went with David Bakhtiari. That was what I was thinking about, too. But one guy can only affect the O-line. I think a guy like Gary has more of an effect on the defense as a whole than like Bakhtiari. Uh, But it's a good one. His point is he just played in 55% of offensive snaps last year, but when he's on the field, he's still got it. Um, He has a 95% pass block win rate average since 2017. So I love that. And again, it's just, again, it's my favorite thing of other than that, Mr. Lincoln, how is the play? Like, that's the whole package well, with right. Bakhtiari. Well, right. Well, 2017 through 2019, he didn't, I don't think he missed more than a couple snaps. Right. right? Something so. happened, and I just don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be healthy. We'll find out. We'll find out. He certainly is another big question mark. All right. We'll make this one quick. Just give me a name. I don't need an explanation. Non starter to know. Anybody that's not starting that you're excited about. Anybody come to mind? Either of you can take it. Um. All the Fords on the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> All four of them. Jonathan and Rudy. All four of them. There's just two, isn't is, it? Is no, no. There was uh, Weinman. Again, they're super deep on the depth chart. Probably never going to make the team. But like <laughs> when I looked at the... Well, Jonathan and Rudy probably both well. Jonathan for the D linemen and, uh, and Rudy for the safety. Yeah, I think I saw four Fords well, last time. If Rashad Gary's healthy, then Van Ness is not a starter, right? Correct. So I go with Van Ness. Yeah, I think that's, oh, a, that's good a good point. I, I would say another edge rusher I'm really excited about is Kingsley Anagbara, JJ Anagbara. Kingsley Bear, as we like to call him, Jimmy. Yes, absolutely. Right, I'm not going to crown a winner. I just wanted to have that conversation. That was fun. Thanks, guys. All right, this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light, a finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at channel3000.com. People really like this show. Polly side, come on over tonight. You told me you don't know your feelings. Can we focus on mine? I think I'm a Milwaukee feels like they're willing to get a little adventurous and try to inject some juice and athleticism and something different into their team. 
That was Zach Lowe on today's Low Post podcast. That's an ESPN podcast. You can listen to that, Apple, Spotify, same place. You can listen to Rutledge and Hamilton, which is brought to you by Revive Restoration. The podcast feed is brought to you by Revive Restoration. Revivepros.com is the website. You have asbestos issues. You need mold remediation. You have smoke or water damage. Revivepros.com is the site for you. That was Zach Lowe today, again, saying that Milwaukee feels like they're willing to get a little adventurous and try to inject some juice and athleticism and something different into their team. That was the idea was brought up of a potential Zach Levine trade. He said the Bucks would consider it, but it probably doesn't make sense. But then he followed up with Milwaukee is interested in adding a little bit of athleticism. And then we also have, I believe this is Woj on ESPN from today as well, talking about Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and their current contract issues. Uh, Christine, Bobby mentioned that cap space in Houston mm-hmm. uh, as much as $64 million. That's the biggest threat for the Bucks, especially with Brooke Lopez. They are in the market for a center in Houston. They are willing to pay. Brooke Lopez has been a huge part of, of the success they've had in Milwaukee. And when you're trying to continue to build around Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez is crucial to that. But I think for Chris Middleton, there's an expectation uh, when free agency opens that he and the Bucks will get back at the table and be able to work on a new long-term deal. But there's a lot of concern about Brooke Lopez and the potential for uh, Houston to put a big offer in front of him. So, Matt Hamilton, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. What does that make you feel? This is the... Rutledge Hamilton show. <laughs> um, I don't want to lose Brooke Lopez. I I feel like I'd rather keep Brooke than Bobby. Whoa. Yeah. I just, he provides so much How to this. How dare you? Your Coors Light brother, Bobby no, Portis. No, I love Bobby Portis. He is, he, I mean, let's be real. I'm, I'm not even going to count Giannis because he's, he's the man. But like Brooke, and, or Bobby's probably my second favorite on that team. It's just... Brooks' production and the fact that, well, you know, Bobby's kind of a sixth man and Brooks a starter. Well, Bobby would be a starter if, if Brooks was gone. Yeah, yes. exactly. I just, Brooks been good and he's kind of adjusted his game to like work with the Bucks. Like he's got more of a jumper now from the outside. He's more of a all around threat as a center. I just, seeing him. And I don't think it's wrong if he goes to the Rockets. Like, if he gets a big contract, go get yours, buddy, right? But, oh, man, he's just like, I think he's one of the unsung heroes of the Bucks. Like, we give, you know, we give Giannis and you give Middleton and Holiday a lot of the credit, but I, I think Lopez is like that. He's that grinder down in the trenches who's getting it done for you, getting those ugly points that they go on the board and they count towards the dub, but... No one, like, remembers that, like, lay-in that he probably got hacked on but got it to go down and didn't get the call. Like, th- those are just gritty points that no one remembers, and he acquired, he gets a bunch of them. I love Brooke, and I don't want to lose Brooke Lopez, but I do think, one, he's 35 years old, yeah. not that far removed from back surgery, Bobby Portis, because this very well could be a one-or-the-other sort of thing. Right. Because uh, Bobby Portis is 6'11 with a 7'2 wingspan. Brooke Lopez, uh, bigger than that. He's got a 7'6 wingspan and about, I think, 7 feet tall. So, like, he's a bigger man, but Bobby is 28. Brooke Lopez is 35. He'll, you know, so he'll turn 36 next season. He's going to need a deal that pushes a couple years. So 
Honestly, and here's Alex hopping on this as well, and you can hop in 844-770-3776. Maybe we can talk about this more tomorrow. We're on in Milwaukee filling in for Willie and Tausch 9 to noon. But do the Milwaukee Bucks need juice and athleticism injected into their team? Because you've got to do it somewhere, and yeah. there's only so much money to do it. And I'm not saying get rid of Brooke Lopez, but the last thing here, Alex, and you can jump in, is that the style of defense that Adrian Griffin likes to play. Now, he's been very smart about this. Like, we'll make it work with Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez doesn't fit it because it's more of a trapping, attacking defense that Bobby might excel in. But look, I mean, you cannot deny the defensive prowess that Brooke Lopez not brings doing to the that. table. Obviously, a defensive yep. player of the year finalist this past season. I just... I, I, I'm with Matt. I struggle even thinking about how, how you lose Brooke, but listening to Woj, it sounds like it may be more than possible, right? Somebody's going to throw some a nice chunk of change at him because, to Matt's point, he has evolved and he's, he's found a way to consistently be, be a relevant and really good basketball player. I love Bobby. Like I'm okay with him as a starter. I just have a hard time figuring out the offense, right? The defensive side, I'm with you. I think Adrian Griffin brings a really fun coaching style that will help this team defensively and be a really good defensive team. But offensively, where is the firepower, right? This is a team that struggled with that outside of Giannis for many years, right? The year the year they won the title, obviously, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were both terrific. But outside of that, it seems like they've always lacked something offensively, and that's been especially prevalent the last two seasons. But Brooke doesn't solve that. Their problem offensively no, no. is they need a guy who can get the ball in the playoffs and get a bucket. Yeah. And Chris Middleton, when he's healthy, but I think, just like Bakhtiari, at this point you have to assume that Chris Middleton is not going to be healthy all the time. I think you just have to account for that. Whether it's in a regular season, you pair down his games, maybe he won't even be healthy all the way through the playoffs. So you need a backup for, you had one guy, you really had one guy that could put the ball in his hands and score from the perimeter in Chris Middleton. You need more of those guys. Grayson Allen can't do it. Pat Connaughton can't do it consistently. Jay Crowder didn't really turn out to be that he guy. He was never that guy anyways. Brooke Lopez can't do it. So it's more of, I, Brooke Lopez is going to be expensive too. Probably yeah, close to, to 15, 16, maybe up to $20 million a year. And he's 35. So to, you're gonna pay him well, you gotta, sixty million at some point, and you go to thirty eight. Gonna go downhill, right? Right. Well, that and again, I'm not advocating getting ready for Brook, but the other part of it is the scheme helped him defensively. Yeah. Now the no. Bucks need scoring. Brook can't be the only move. You can't just sub out Brook for Bobby. But if Brook goes out and Bobby comes in, and then the Bucks make a move for a younger wing to back up Chris Middleton, that's like a shooting guard, small forward type that can get some buckets. Well, then all of a sudden, because of the – you might have to make a trade for that again. You can't just sub players out and in. But if they can retool their roster and add a little bit of – that's why I went specifically to that quote. If they added some juice and athleticism to their roster and that sacrificed Brooke, you're going to have to sacrifice someone, whether it's Brooke or Bobby or Chris Middleton. What position does Drew Bochamp play? He's small. He's See, far away, though. He's small forward. But he's like, a small forward. Not Okay. And he's, not just, a, he's not like a jump shooting – like he can't score off the dribble yet. Right. He's far away from that guy. He seems like a player that next year he could play. He might double his minutes, maybe even triple him, but he's still not a player. He's kind of more like Pat Connington's minutes than like a... Oh, totally. I was just wondering, young. like, is, is he going to be somebody that can, you know, maybe not next year, but, you know, in year three or year four of his career, could he be that, that guy that you can rely on? Well, that's why I think they try to find, like, a mid-level exception one-year guy right. to carry them over. Because, uh, like, yeah, Marshawn Beauchamp is sixty or excuse me, 22 years old. Uh, he played in 52 games last year at 13 minutes. Could he play uh, all the games, 82 games next year at 18, 20 minutes? 
I'd love it. He's 6'7". He could be a little bit of, again, he's still more of a small forward, power forward type of player. Right. Not a knockdown jump shot shooting guy. So a guy that, yes, there's a future to him. I like their two picks, honestly. But one of their picks literally seems almost terrified to shoot and incapable of doing it. So he's got a long way to go. But defensively, he's a stud. So they have some nice talent, but that talent is probably, including Bochamp, at least a year away. Right. And those other guys probably two. So they have to fill in the gaps. And they also have to they have to get younger and more athletic. Because they're right now, they're like the Titanic. They're just old and sinking and Jimmy. they gotta figure it out. Jimmy. I didn't say the sub, I said the ship. <laughs> are they the uh are the do the they're Bucks have imploding. the oldest roster in the NBA? What's that? They're close. They're right up there. Because I feel like the Lakers might be pretty high. With LeBron, just because LeBron and AD is not like a spring chicken. Okay, but like LeBron and AD. No, uh, no, like, I, that's yeah. their old guys. But Giannis is the young guy, like on this team. Like our old guys are Middleton and Drew, and so and, like and uh, Lopez. Well, and Lopez here. So the Bucks were the oldest team uh, on average last year, twenty nine point four seven. So um, they need to get younger, yeah. and you have to make sacrifices. This is where John Horse will make his money. He has to figure out. And there's going to be painful decisions to make because if we want, and the Bucks want Drew, Chris, and Giannis back, you gotta you gotta do something different. I'll make my second Titanic reference. You can't just reshuffle the the, the, the chairs on the Titanic. It's still a sinking <laughs> ship. It's an old ship. You have to fix it. You have to get younger. You have to get more athletic to compete. You watch the play, or you didn't watch play. Most of us watched the playoffs, and we saw what happened. What do you mean? I'm Mr. NBA. Hey now. And I think most of us know the Bucks have to get a little bit more athletic and a little better at shooting. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Wardenowski breaks some news. 76ers guard James Harden is picking up his $35.6 million option, and sides are beginning to work together in exploring trade scenarios, sources tell ESPN. It is expected that Harden has played his last game for Philadelphia. What do you think, Mr. NBA, Matt Hamilton? I think my friend Daryl Morey is going to be... Very sad if it was his last game. It, I mean, it is. There's no way that James Harden picks up that option unless he's being traded. We're just not going to acknowledge he walked in middle of you reading that tweet. I was. I figured. I saw you give him a look, so I figured you. Yeah, I got my stern looking at. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, I just don't know what you do during commercial breaks because there was a very you were like over, you were over a minute late that time. Usually, it's like ten seconds, and I can live with that. But when it gets to like a minute 20, I'm just curious what the hell you're doing. Honestly, just distracted. Easily distracted. This, here, Alex, what was the is, argument? Honestly, it was, it's dumb. They're just like naming states and you had to like, what region of the U.S. is that? Yeah, it was dumb. Matt, What's it count as? Alex. They're yelling about Oklahoma and then we started getting into it. Because here's the crazy That's thing. Southwest. Go on. We literally have a show where he is, you know, I, obviously we'd love for him to talk as much as he wants on here, get as much attention as he wants. Yeah. We got thousands of people <laughs> listening, and he is honestly the center of attention here. 
and he still needs to go out into the bullpen to get more affirmation. Yeah, well, it's unbelievable. Like he, he is the center. Of, he he has the spotlight here, right? Like there are moments that you have the spotlight or I have the spotlight, but ninety percent of the seventy percent he's here, he's got the spotlight. I thought James Harden had the spotlight. I there. would say it's a hundred percent because we don't ever have like we might get our takes off and do a little bit on the radio and everything like that. But he's Matt Hamilton, the Olympic gold medalist. He's always Matt Hamilton, the Olympic gold medalist. We're always going to defer to that. Maybe not on his his sports take, especially about gambling, but like in general. <laughs> he's Matt Hamilton, and he gets to be the star of the show. But it is just different personalities because Matt gets up and he is like, "Give me more, give me more. I need more, and more attention." I usually take the break to like do some other work or just recombobulate and just kind of set myself for another second. I was just drained from all that energy I gave the last segment, yeah. and now trying to charge back up, figure out what we're going to talk about next. Meanwhile, Matt's out there with a balloon hype. and a lollipop being like, what are we going to do next Whoa. on the show, guys? Yeah. Where is, trying to stay hype. Which region is Oklahoma in? I'm going to spend a minute 20 of my showtime to debate that with you clowns. It's the South. It's not the Southwest. It's like directly over Texas. It's the South. Lynn and Madison chimes in, I'd rather lose Middleton than Lopez. Brooke has a higher IQ, fewer turnovers, and more positive plays. Middleton has flashes, but more negative plays the last two years. Don't think he's worth the contract for the play. It reminds me of Ricky Weeks. That's Lynn and Verona. It's a good thing. I mean, it's interesting, but like the turnover thing, it's like Middleton's in a position that's more prone to turnovers than than Lopez. Right, but Lopez gets the pass down low and then turns around and puts it up. Lopez or I mean Middleton is actually looking for passes. That's his game. My concerns in Middleton are the same with Lopez. Is that and maybe even worse because Middleton hasn't played a whole season again. Very similar to Bakhtiari of like, okay, when they play, they're elite. <laughs> yeah, but okay. no, I'm. You, I'm the with main you. part is when they play. What did you say? Fifty five percent of the snaps last year for David Bakhtiari. Yeah, and what did he play? Like twenty, ten percent the year before I mean, that. Middleton couldn't have been much better than fifty percent of the games. I think Middleton played like thirty two games yeah. last year. So and then missed. Had to go out in the playoffs and had off season knee surgery again. And he's not a guy in his 20s doing this. He's a guy in his 30s in the, doing this, Matt. And we all know guys in their 30s are old. <laughs> Apparently. Nah. I mean, it's definitely harder to recover. So, yeah. It, I mean, it. they both make me nervous. I don't love being the oldest team in the NBA. But that being said, like, age does come with, uh, you know, like, work smarter, not harder knowledge. So, like. I understand the benefit of it, but if you don't have the guy out there to impart that knowledge and like utilize that knowledge he's got, then he's worthless. He's worthless on the bench. You need like you need a guy who's in the game. Strofe, what's your favorite saying? Availability is the best. It's, it's Strofe ability. It's <laughs> when does that become my favorite saying? You invented it. Good job. I appreciate. Availability it. is the best ability. Yeah. No. You or you vice just, versa. Ability. The, the best, best ability is availability. Yeah. yeah. Well, you invented it, Alex, so you tell us which it is. Uh, availability is the well, best Well, I didn't ability. say invented. I said it was his favorite one. <laughs> I've used it once in the last week, and now it's my favorite saying. It's yeah. your, it's your oh, favorite. When I was, when I I was making fun of Matt for not being available 30% of the time. It's stuck with them. Yeah. If they bring back Lopez and Middleton, three of the top four players for the Milwaukee Bucks, 31, 31, 35, I think they all would get 32, 32, and 36 during the season. <laughs> you can get paid your age. <laughs> So, and all those are the top paid players, too. Yeah. So, old and overpaid is no way to win a championship. We are on for Wildy and Tausch, 9 to noon tomorrow. Yeah. And who's taking our slot? Chris Orr and Molly Brown. Yeah. All righty. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Yeah.